Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, you lovely lot, and welcome to this week's edition of Tuesday Night Jaw, brought to you by the Distraction Pieces Network, the lovely, lovely podcast network that is uh, a joy to be part of. Um, our Christmas dues coming up. I need to f- figure out how I'm going to get down to London for it, because I've been promised uh, lots of sweets and, 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 and chocolate wafers and stuff like that, uh, so I really want to get involved in that. Uh, Pip knows how to throw a party. Do you reckon, I reckon there's going to be party rings as well. Solid party food. Even though I can't eat them because they've got gluten in them, I'd, I'd take the hit for that. So, uh, there we go. We might have a Christmas party episode. Who knows? Anyway, that's the podcast network. I'm currently half-watching Newcastle versus Aston Villa as I'm recording this, and we are in the sunny location of Denton, Manchester, which means one thing and one thing only. This week's guest is none other than the infamous Chris Eager. You can't spell infamous without famous. Famous. <laughs> and here I am, finally, after a week's delay, which yeah. is fair enough. It was nearly another day, but I said, yeah. no, Matthew. It was nearly another day because previous host Jim Smallman was very selfish and decided that he wanted to go for dinner with me. Um, so Chris went and had a lovely curry, yeah, uh, and, and I went to have a lovely uh, vegetarian Nando's with, with with young young James Smallman, um, and, and we're here and we're ready. Yeah, my auntie we're made me a curry. Uh, it was nice, and then I took some glamour shots of the cat, which I'll show you later when we fancy, fancy new phone. That was good. Yeah, yeah, I put them on Twitter and got like 20,000 likes on those. Yeah, yeah. Which would be good. Yeah, it's good. Um, I mean, the reason why you're infamous now on this podcast, people might not realise because obviously we didn't put the live episode out that we did in Manchester, um, but <laughs> it was a weird situation where we were talking about you and Jim had mentioned, jokingly made a thing of, of oh, he, he, you know, he's a northern man and he looks like he knows where to get good substances and everyone was <laughs> chuckling and then the situation was that you appeared literally as we were talking about you with Shay Purser and Tony Storm but people came unglued in the room um, because of the timing and you were so bemused by the reaction everyone apart from Jeff Ogden who was asleep yeah. <laughs> yeah. yes was snoring like, but I think we, me and Tony and Shay had a discussion when we were watching we were kind of like 
oh, we'll just have to try and like sneak in here now so no one sees us. We can get to the bar and be inconspicuous. And then everyone just, just fucking dives out of the seats. I'm like, oh, Tony Storm's behind me. And then he's yeah. like, oh, here he goes, oh, great. Yeah, I mean, it's, I knew Tony did a great job on Survivor Series uh, last <laughs> night, but... Given that reaction in Manchester, all yeah, I'm saying is uh, competition. This yeah. time next year, you'll be in the, you'll be on your own brand. Uh, Harvina, I'll be the new Harvina. Do it, get involved. <laughs> um, so that's that's kind of when you've got a, a, an in-person introduction, um, and and now it's it's sort of stopped from there. But obviously, you have been doing a hotline uh, with your little burner phone. That is, what is it? Is a Nokia what? It's because uh, it's not it's not a 50 5210 was the what that was like that was the classic yeah it's the one after yeah because it was smaller this has got um snake 2 on yeah um uh, 2.0 <laughs> yeah and the other games which um uh hang on this is this is live yeah yeah we've got snowboarding nice snake 2 bumper oof pairs 2 yeah and that's it Solid. Yeah, I've never played. Well, yeah, because yeah, mobile phones are weird. Because we went through a phase where like they were quite big, and then they went small, and then they went big again. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but it is it is a rock solid phone. Um, so thank you for everyone that sent questions either via Twitter or on the phone. Hilariously, if you sent quite a long text message, it's taken Chris <laughs> four messages to get through to read <laughs> read the question out. Um, so we will be answering your questions later on. There's some good ones. Uh, there is also some ones that we can't we can't answer. Um, sorry ask us in person we'll probably answer it in person but so let's set the scene because because me and you have known each other now oh, too long yeah i mean i mean i've been <laughs> saying that for since the day i met you uh, 13 14 13 14 years no, longer did we did, did we ever cross paths when we were training yeah 2000 i've known you since 2004 oh my goodness man. yeah that's a long time that longer than you long... thought yeah because yeah, yeah. I because so so what happened basically was when, when we started training um, there was there was Garage Pro Wrestling at the time and then the the start of Future Shock Wrestling yeah. and there was a bit of a split between trainees ba- basically Future Shock if, if I'm going to be really honest it was started out of spite yeah it was yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. it's not sugar coated <laughs> yeah um, there was a big to do which we might get into with the middleman Lee Butler and storylines and, and the such, yeah, yes, and yeah. show stealer Alex Shane, yeah, and yeah. Um, yeah, Future Shock was born out of that heated personal feud, yes. Um, but I think it's done pretty well. They're both it's, still around. It's been yeah. done really well, and it was it's quite funny because uh, despite the 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 people that started both promotions, um, we always all got on. Um, you know, myself, you, Bailey, yeah, yeah. Gallagher, you know, and the sorts later on, but. Um, it wasn't until really I jumped over to oh, I jumped over to Future Shot like it was ECW WCW <laughs> uh, when I came to Future Shot that we we started hanging out more uh, and it wasn't until then that me and you started mixing it up in the ring. Yeah, so <laughs> we should really address a question yes. to answer this one. Yes, and it's from uh, Hang on, it's from Wait a second, this is live. Sorry for the dead air. Um, it's from Jesse. Yeah. Create, at Creative Bin Lord. Strong. If you want to follow him, you should. What's the most ridiculous thing you've been offered yes. to wrestle in return for? Mm. So, ladies and gentlemen out there, fantastic listeners, I regale you with this tale. <laughs> oh. I'll tell you what, let me set the scene for this yeah. because, because this is... This is one of our favourite stories in the world. So um, there, we we used to do do a few shows around the northwest, and, and a show popped up in Bolton, 
Um, and and Egan and Bailey, Gallagher, then Toxic, and Cyanide, and a few others had gone across and, and were at the show. And it was a, a young lad that ran the show. And when, when I say young, he was a 15-year-old lad that ran a show with the help of his mum. So we we get booked for this show. Uh, Bailey sorts it out for me because me and Bailey were tag team partners at the time when we turned up to the show. And the young man, who he does listen to this podcast, and he's a, he's a cracking lad, and I've, I've, I've seen him since, and he's a re- really good lad, but he was 15 at the time. And I was greeted by a young lad in a shirt and tracksuit bottoms um, <laughs> that was going to be promoting this show. So, I mean, the omens weren't great at the beginning, but then it was m- myself versus you in a singles yeah, contest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and I'll now let you take over this story. Okay, right. So, um, it was kind of like... We, got, we, got, we arrived and we were told... We couldn't be paid that evening. I actually believe we got told during the break of the show because we were first on yeah, after the break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, and he, he kind of said, I can't pay you, yeah. so if you don't want to wrestle, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. But some, some people took that a bit, well, not well at all. <laughs> we were a bit more malleable, flexible, and we were told, if you don't want to wrestle, that's fine. You can just walk away now, but I can't, I can't pay you. So, me and Matthew looked at each other for about five seconds. We, we, our eyes met, and we both—I think we both realised that we were still going to go on. Yeah. Uh, we went out there. We did a match. We did some moves which we've never done since. <laughs> I, I believe that I believe the the core of that match was based around hitting atomic drops on each other and an Osaka Street cutter. Ah, uh, yes, which yeah. we'll get onto another yeah. story about that later. Um, um, also, we ended the match by by embracing and saying that we were best friends. Yeah. And while we tried to get backstage, the, the the entrance way was shockingly just a door. The rest of the locker room stopped us from trying to get through the door. So the four people in attendance in his worker men's club in Bolton um, got to see me and Egan try and break back into the, 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 the locker room um, so yeah as you can tell it's going well yeah it's been a great night we've barely broke a sweat and we're backstage and we're saying right and it, you know what we, we've did we've done a good job we've done a good job out there the lad was happy he said you know i wish i could repay you you know i really wish i could give you your money to which i said you know what get get us me tea giving me tea as long as i get a curry and a nan from this takeaway next door i'm happy and he gave me four quid i went right next door <laughs> i got a tray of curry i got half a nan and i drove home a happy man and I, I was fulfilled baby you did so, yeah so there you go uh we got paid well egan got paid in a curry i think uh, he gave me four pound fifty oh what, what a good correctly, laugh yeah oh what a good laugh we, we did have a laugh we always had a laugh every time we wrestled uh, was that the show as well where you did the infamous announcement of of pasty and peas are going to be served <laughs> in the interval because that's your favorite trick isn't yeah it? so as payment well as as recompense for non-payment good i did work. take the microphone off him and do all the halftime announcements yeah. in the start of like a tony blackburn yes Pasties and peas, pasties and peas available to the bar. Uh, which has now become a thing. Which we, if we ever get bored, we just say that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and of course we we've locked horns in in future shock. Have we? We have because that's the soccer street cutter story. Oh shit! Yeah. 
Holy shit! So yeah. we had. I think we only ever had one singles. We we had a couple of tags and stuff because I, I thought the Osaka Street Club was that. No, right? no, this this. What is am it. I thinking? So um, the, yeah. So we have we, we me and you were having this match, and I remember at the time there was a, a certain promoter that wanted to book me for for a, a relatively <laughs> established British promotion. And he was like, "I'm going to watch the match tonight. I'm going to take a look at you." So I, I, you know, being being a young man and with aspirations, I wanted to take the match quite seriously and whatever. And Egan comes up to me and goes, "Right, tonight I'm going to hit you with an Osaka <laughs> Street cutter." And I'm like, "Why?" And then the worst thing about it, or the funniest thing about it, was you were insistent that it wasn't just going to be like a suplex over straight into a cutter. You were like, "I'm going to suplex you." Put you on your feet for like a second or two and then yeah, study yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So- I wanted to look into that promoter's <laughs> eyes and let it be known what I was doing. And, and, <laughs> and it was one of the funniest moments because he does it and it felt like an eternity and he hits it. <laughs> and we both like, I think, I think we might have been at the double down or a thousand of the bat. And I just remember looking at the promoter going, Never gonna work there, um, and weirdly I did get booked, so it was fine. But I think it was during the heat. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't even. The, the heat. We're really sorry, Super Delphin. Um, we apologise, but it, 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 we we didn't get to wrestle a lot because of just I think just the way Future Shock was at the time. Um, but obviously, I went away for a bit, and then you actually. Stopped wrestling yourself, yeah. became a manager, which I think where is where more modern fans or newer fans probably would have known you from before. Until recently, since you knew now, made yeah. your return as a, an active professional wrestler. Yeah, I think we'll come on to the manager's thing later because there's a really good question about like, influences and things like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I did, I did take so- a break. We'll get on to the manager thing later, but let's talk about the the new Chris Egan because you know it's it's so here's the tough thing. But you know when we came in, I think it's fair to say that the scene was incredibly different, and what was needed to be uh, able to get onto a show was significantly less to what it is now. Yeah. So how was that sort of adjustment period for you to come in from, you know, someone with with nearly 16 years experience, 15 years experience to then come in with a current crop of of wrestlers that were, you know, competing at incredibly high standard? The first thing to do was just to forget about the past 13 years and just think of it as like a complete new start because everything's changed. The way people look at wrestling, the way people approach wrestling from training through to psychology through to backstage attitude everything yeah. like, is it's just completely changed so the first thing was to just like flush what I knew down the toilet and just rebuild and hopefully you know some things might be the same and I've got like a head start on those but blank canvas so it was pretty good and I like I was insistent that I didn't want anything like easy and like you know me I'm a very like What's the word? A very proud guy. Yeah. And I was happy to eat a lot of shit. And yeah. I, I was, you know, I was gobbling that shit right up. <laughs> I, I was eating that much shit. So uh, I'd like to point out this is <laughs> metaphorical and not literal. Yeah, it's it's uh, just purely a metaphor. Like, um, so yeah, I, I was really insistent on doing it properly. Um, part of the reason I wanted to get back into it in the first place. Because all these guys that like I'd wrestled the first time round, like your Gibsons, your Drakes, your Gallagher's, Gallagher's, Soz. We can we can call it whatever we want. It's fine. Toxic. <laughs> um, yeah, toxic. Toco. Um, all those people like they were doing 
so well and they'd improved so much and they yeah. were achieving these you know things they'd always dreamed of but there was still a chance for me well not in Jack's case but like yeah you know Gibson and Drake, Drake is a good even example Sam Bailey yeah, like, yeah. guys like that there was still a chance now for me to be able to go back in and work with them again and that was something I really wanted to do and like more so I felt at the back of my mind like I'd done pretty well at managing like yeah, yeah, I, yeah I would go on record to say you did fantastic you were, were, were if not the best one of the best in the country at the time doing it out of all the two northwest managers I think well, I was the best no, one no but, but, <laughs> but there, was, there was more there was more people on the scene you know yeah, uh, yeah, you know yeah, even yeah. down south or in the Midlands or even in Scotland and you know you you transferred your skills that you'd learned as a wrestler really well into management you know Again, it's that thing of like, I've been through a similar transition in terms of transferring the skills I learned as a wrestler to be you know, either a ring announcer yeah. or a commentator. So I, I do think it's worth, you know, you shouldn't overlook that. Yeah, of course. You know? But it was more so like I f- still felt like I had something to give. Yeah. If you know what I mean. And maybe, I don't know, maybe I was quite bitter in the way that I'd left wrestling the first time round. Because it was kind of like, if I was being really honest... I had justification for doing it, but I, it didn't sit well when I thought about it years later. Like, because it could be construed in my own head as me being like a stroppy child, but I had my yeah. re- reasons for it. But because wrestling was changing at the time, so that, that, so, so on that point, because this is this is something that's actually interesting because a lot of people that leave wrestling do have bitterness. I I, I personally had closure, like I I always had closure, and and I, I got the things that I wanted and then I was happy to leave and again like I I didn't just leave wrestling but I moved to the other side of the country so yeah, I had like yeah, a yeah. lot of separation but why do you think it is that situation when when people do leave they, they don't feel like they have that closure yeah well like the first time well I'm not saying I'm going to leave again but the first time around when I did leave wrestling was pre-boom yeah but pre-boom there was also inklings of like another boom mm-hmm. but the boom itself this is going to sound really like conspiracy theory bullshit like and you might not get what I'm trying to say but wrestling was changing yes it but was a few people were trying to change it for their own benefits okay and like make money off it you know in, in, and it felt kind of like exploitive not only to the people that wanted to, wanted to be involved in wrestling but the people that were already involved in wrestling, it was kind of pushing them away. That's, you know I mean? that's an interesting point. Do you not think that that's something that's happening now in terms of we're seeing certain companies um, who are becoming more prominent that are more influ- uh, uh, influential over over the, the, the audience and they are... The, so, for instance, when we came in, there was a, a very strong divide of the wrestlers slash workers and the promoters where now which i think is to the benefit i would like to point out that there is a lot more wrestlers that are in control of either their own products or in control of creative so it's one of them things of i I think that's quite interesting because i think the people that are doing it now have done it to probably yes to benefit themselves but it's it's been to the positive movement of, yeah. of of the actual whole wrestling on a whole yeah. whereas bringing it back to britain do you think is 
do you think that sort of mentality of trying to make it benefit them is what was holding us back before where we did actually break out and become a, a hot seed? Yeah, definitely. At the, at the time, there was so many wrestlers, but there were really none. The quality and star power that there are now. Yeah. So I think now, whereas everyone, everyone was desperate for work then, yeah. I think in, the tables have turned a little bit. The promoters now see how valuable these guys are yeah. rather than the, the guys thinking, well, you know, these are promoters I have to work for and yes. I've got to test them and I've got, to, I've got to work in, you know, FWA Portsmouth, I've got to work in yeah. Tap and Brawl and all the fucking, every other promotion that was out there then. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I, I understand what you mean. There was, yeah. there was like, because I, I had it, I was, you know, I, I always wanted to work for FWA before, before, I walked away and I was fortunate to do that. But now, like you say, it's that more of uh, the the wrestler is the thing that comes first. Yeah. It's that people pay to see the wrestlers. Yeah, definitely. Like, and, and wrestling now, like, over here especially, compared to where, where we started and what mm. we've, like, seen and experienced, it's so much better. It is, isn't it's it? so I, much better. And, <laughs> like, do you know, and do you know what? I, I, I'm really happy that to have you on to say that because you know it, it's it's well well and good me saying that um as, as you know someone that is kind of on the outside but you have seen the change in from what it was when we came in to what it is now it it is better it's so much better and that's not to say it's perfect because yeah, yeah, of yeah. course it's not perfect and it it doesn't you know there's things that need to get better and there still needs to be improvement but the comparison from 15 years oh, ago course, 16 years yeah, ago yeah, is yeah. incredibly more positive so yeah of course and i think part of that as well is down to like you said there was almost like a divide between the promoters and the wrestlers yes i think back then as well there was a bigger divide between the fans and the wrestlers. Oh, massively. Which will bring me on to talking about the hotline, which is one of the reasons I started it. Because there's, there is really no divide now. Because if you think about it, like any wrestler worth assault will tell you before they even thought about getting in a ring or going to a training school or whatever, they were a fan. Yeah. And I think people realise that now, like... We're all in the same boat. Yes. We're all fans. Just some of us wanted to do it as a job, wanted to yeah. pursue it. We're all still fans. There's so much... Like Wrestling is a form of entertainment and all entertainment is subjective. So everyone has their opinions on it. And obviously the natural forum for that is Twitter, message board. You don't know who the fuck you going to UKFF anymore. It's all Twitter. <laughs> Whoa, all hey, come on. Hey. <laughs> it's dead, baby. Leave the, me- leave the memories alone. Uh, but... With any form of entertainment and that subjectivity, some people take it a little too far and it might turn a bit toxic and hostile, which is why I thought, you know what? I'm just going to get my own hotline. We all used to see those fucking WCW, (laughs) WF things that you could never call because you either lived in England or if you were allowed, it was too much. Uh, And anyone who's ever rang one of those fucking hotlines, just please get in touch and tell me what happened. It's fascinating, isn't it? I'd love to know. Was it a recorded message? Did you speak to X-Pac or (laughs) Golga or anything like that? I want to know. But I thought I'd just cut out any thought form of hostility quite yeah. the toxicity just fucking ring me talk yeah. to me and like people it's been it's been really nice like people have like texting some good stuff they've rang me I've had fucking half hour conversations with people but occasionally you get the odd like really serious question it's mm. like well do I answer that because one it's pretty like 
I don't know, boring to talk about that all the time. And yeah. two, like, if I say something via text, Mm-hmm. Someone's got me on record saying that. You know yeah, what I mean? Course. If you want to ring me and ask me what I've had for my tea, I'll fucking chat to you for hours, <laughs> you know? Just, you know, it's just stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Which is fun. But, like, again, just coming on to, like, that uh, thing about, like, there being no real divide between fans and wrestlers. Yeah. I went to um, Tidal yeah. with Ethan Allen um, a few months. It might have been last month. Yeah, it was. And, like, yeah. my head was... I was having a proper brain fart that day. Like, mm. total head was in the toilet and I got there and I was sitting there in this cold venue and I thought this is going to be terrible but then like everyone turned up you know Hat Guy was there Athers mm. was there the Ogdens were there mm. the raging piss cans a lot of them and you know <laughs> being able to talk about like stuff that we liked about wrestling like yeah. not even like bombarding each other with questions oh what about this what about this I'm just like oh yeah that's fucking cool that. I like this I like. Yeah. I saw this last week have you seen that and it's like oh yeah this is it, 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 it does yeah. really make a difference and, and, and you know it, it feels cliche or it feels hammy but it, it does make such a huge impact having people come and speak to us at shows in a positive way and I, it's one of my favourite aspects of it you know I've done just come off the back of doing free shows in, in three days and every single show I've had a conversation with, with someone you know who's who's in the audience or the fan and it's always been it was been like a really positive interaction and I enjoy that aspect of it as much as I do everything else I do with with, with, with the job um, and, I, and I think the reason why British wrestling got successful was there was a more uh, I, I, I'm trying to think of the correct terminology but there was more of a line of communication between us us as performers and the them as the audience and now there is this this kind of accountability on both parts yeah. we hold each other accountable yeah. and this the, the way that it should work because wrestling isn't perfect but british wrestling has become more about the interactions and being at the live event especially when you know we went through the start of the boom period and i think that was a really important thing to remember that that, that there was this this connection with everyone yeah and it's good that like just to, to go back to what i was saying before about it trying to people trying to sort of monopolize it and mm. you know squeeze everything out of it when that fell apart at the mm. seams the actual boom happened naturally there was yeah. nothing forced behind it it just you know it, it grew yes it naturally grew and that's why it's been so and of course it's a business and of course we need to make money and of course the you know at the end of the day it's there it is a is it's a product for people to consume but that doesn't mean that the you shouldn't listen to the people paying money to come to your shows yeah. and vice versa so i think it has massively progressed and, and it's it's good that you know there's still people like that you've seen all iterations of, yeah. <laughs> of everything that's this sort of happened. I mean, one of my favourite things about you is oh God. you oh God. you are you know the the, the scene in Forrest Gump where <laughs> I, I said this yeah this is, uh, and, and he said it the other day to me in, in private and it's true. You know the scene in Forrest Gump where he just appears at really historical moments and there's always photographs of him in that that ladies gents and everyone is chris egan because he has got the weirdest stories with like the people i mean do you want to tell you 
Your Shibata story. Uh, I think I've told it before, but I'll tell you. Yeah, we ended up playing Mario Kart in Street Fighter, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, he was really excited to play as Taka Mishinoku on SmackDown 2 as well. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Um, I, I recently got a, a lot of attention for a CM Punk story. I was stood next to Christopher Daniels at the Coventry Skydome, just waiting to like, drive him somewhere. And I got hit with a big bag of McDonald's rubbish, and I looked up and CM Punk had just threw it from like the bleachers at Christopher Daniels, but it hit me, and he was really apologetic. But you know what? He's a big star. Now. Do you know Fuck what? That shit, you know? Yeah, Coventry's get the sky down was the scene of a lot of places. I I once had to hold Ulf Herman back from a brawl. Oh yeah, um, yeah, we did. And it was like it was me, you, CJ Banks, I think was there, and Danny Hope. Danny Hope was definitely there because he he's the pivotal person in this story. And we'd, we'd, we'd sort of turned up when we were watching the show and we went back to do the extra work and whatever. And as we were walking past backstage, AJ Styles was there and he was warming up for his match. And as we were walking past, Daddy Hope very loudly went, how small is he? Which <laughs> is hilarious. Uh, and that's one of the reasons we love Danny. But um, do you want to tell you a sour story? Cause... Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Danny got a lot of attention as well. I don't know why. Because it's Misawa? Yeah, I mean... What else would have Masawa done in this situation? <laughs> if I was Masawa, I would have reacted the same. But um, yeah, he did a training seminar. Went him, Yoshinari Agawa, my bae. <laughs> He's your boy, isn't he? My yeah, boy, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Kataro Suzuki. Who's now a part of Stinger with, with, with Agawa, yeah. Agawa yeah, and Chris Ridgeway, yeah. yeah, yeah. Big ups, Riddy. Yeah, they did a training seminar in, in Manchester, the old Future Shot gym. And it was really surreal, like standing at the top of the stairs and having like, Masawa walk past you. And he's a big, white, fluffy Parker, which is pretty funny. <laughs> um, but then the training session started, and all the NOAA trainers were there, because they were filming it for Japanese TV. Mm. Uh, because this tour was like a big... A big deal, yeah. Yeah, it was I a big deal. I remember it being, yeah. Uh, so they'd done... Misawa and Agawa wrestled Doug Williams and Stevie Knight <laughs> in front of, like, 50 people in Scotland. <laughs> what a combination. But I think that was like, the night before, the night after. Yeah. But they did this training seminar, and all the NOAA trainers came, and, like, they stretched us out, and, like, uh, we did a little bit of wrestling, and then Misawa deemed that none of us were good enough. <laughs> worth his time, <laughs> so I just left. <laughs> and then we spent an extra hour doing, like, moonsaults in the ring. <laughs> And like Spud was there, Jack Davy was there, like the food, the original Jervis Cottonbelly was there, yeah. Like, and we just pissed about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, he's gone because, now because Masawa's yeah. just left you yeah, and, and giving you the most damning review ever. With shit, so yeah. like Doug's took him for a Mackey's or something yeah. like that. So yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. But and, like, but it was it was a, it was a really weird time because for, uh, I mean again like. When we came in, there wasn't the structures in terms of schools and trainers there was. And we did kind of have to be a bit DIY and, and learn. And we were fortunate. Yeah. So so for every uh, funny story like that, you know, people like Cassius Iron and Chris Hero had come over and done yeah. seminars and actually really spent time teaching us certain things. I remember being at Chris Hero's seminar and learning a yeah, lot, sure. you know. Um, and that's actually how... I'd met Mikey Whiplash, and Mikey Whiplash yeah, has come and started yeah. training us, and ended up learning off off him. So it, 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 it's it's fascinating with with that time period that there was the bad ones or the bad the bad situations, and then there was also the really good yeah, ones. Yeah, like training that much and like being so immersed in wrestling, like there's always going to be situations that pop up that are like, <gasps> like yeah, I think we've got a few from the old. Uh, 
GPW school that we probably can't. Yeah, but, uh, but I think but, I think it, it, I think it's it's it sounds bad in some aspects, but it, I think it's it's important to point out how amateurish it was yeah. because this the change is is so important. And what's great is that we we did have really valuable people in this country. For instance, Mikey Whiplash is, is one I mentioned. Damon Lee's another yeah. one. Obviously, Dom Travis is one. And there was other people that were here that did take an invested interest in our, in our yeah, scene and were, were, yeah. were great trainers. And I'm sure if you speak to certain individuals throughout you know, our time period, someone would give credit to someone else. You know, even people like Robbie Brookside popping in and out always really helped us. But it was that feeling of... of you kind of had this little snippet of how someone else did it. I mean, we, you mentioned the original Jervis Cotton Ballet. I still yeah. remember when he went to, 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 to Shikara and he wrestled in the ECW arena. And at the time, to us, that may as well have been like, I don't know, Enziguri and the Pope. Yeah, like, man. it was that far away. And when he came back and taught us all he learned, we were like, whoa! Man, like, you, you flipped from an yeah. drag. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> oh my God. You, that's like, you, you leave off one foot on a oh hip toss. God. Oh my yeah, God. It blew our minds. Um, and obviously, like, we can say his name, like, Tom, like, yeah, yeah. doing things. I think, in my opinion, anyway, because no one had really done that at the time. Yeah. Like, I think, a few people have gone to the offspring of the power plant. There was on, there was but... a couple of people, and obviously Dom went to Lance Storm, yeah, yeah. which was which was another one. But yeah, it was really the first in terms of our group that yeah. someone had like had that experience and gone yeah. abroad and like not just trained, but been put like you got put straight into the yeah, mix yeah. like Tom. And it was right about the same time that Claudio Castanoli went over because obviously yeah. uh, Claudio spent time here because his, his is an interesting story of uh, he trained via seminars uh, for pretty much for the, the beginning of his career and then he actually wrestled for GPW in a tag team match with his old tag team partner Ares who did turn up in Shikara against Jerry Hayes and Damon Lee um, still one of his favourite matches apparently um, and then it was during that time period in, in Britain that he'd met Hero and that and then it had gone so yeah. it was a it, that sort of stuff to us was super exciting I, I mean I still remember getting really giddy about being on a show with Doug Williams and then yeah. fast forward to Wembley and I commentated on his last ever professional wrestling match for you know for, for progress and it's like it's crazy that man I bet that was good it was fantastic and, and, and I, I'm I'm really flattered that I got to do that, and you know, like I'll never forget the show I got to work with Sabu. Yeah, he was just asleep. <laughs> I, I was so glad. I remember that show. Yeah, yeah. He just lay there sleeping, and then he woke up, did his match, and then I didn't say anything to him. But he's pretty cool, you know. He's sleeping on the floor over there. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think, really cool. I think what's even great now is that you know, with in terms of you got people like Rampage Brown, uh, Legero, the Vets. Um, pretty much I'm going to miss someone and it's going to sound really bad but you know all these people that are, are, are super prominent within the scene you know even like people like Pete obviously and Pete's you know busy with, with NXT but you know Flash Morgan Webster Mark Andrews Eddie Dennis you know all these I could literally list everyone you know Will Ospreay Zack Sabre Jr um, these people are accessible back when if we were in the same period of time that would have been like yeah. oh it's a seminar because they're in town and like it would have been super yeah. 
un- unavailable to us. But now it's super ex- it's super exciting for the younger generation that they get to learn off these people. And again, you know, it's not just the lads. You've got people like Tony Storm, who's absolutely killing it. And, you know, Mako Satomura is here more regularly. And it's it's such an exciting thing. Personally, for me, it's such an exciting thing to see this generation have access yeah. to really a really good education and even like the, the, the quality of people coming in from abroad just to wrestle one-offs like yeah bowlers in town Liger was there yeah a few weeks ago well not weeks ago like earlier this year and like with a venue 10 minutes in your house and juicing on the Liger's there you're not below going to yeah. see Liger yeah, in the afternoon yeah. like go like yeah study, study him like watch him but... and and that's a, i think that's a that's a great point of of you know we we just used to watch everything like everything and we were you know cheap imitation of a lot of things i mean i remember your kabashi chops mate man they were dog shit <laughs> man, fucking dog shit yeah look terrible yeah suck to take yeah. um, that's the, the that's the chris egan story that's the title <laughs> that was just the brit rest yeah. 2005 story look like shit feel like shit the chris egan story. <laughs> yeah. yeah but you know we we did we 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 sat and watched a lot of Ring of Honor and a lot of TNA at the time, and, and you know we 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 watched all Japan and all these things, and you know that's kind of like what we had our education on, uh, which we will now lead into some of the questions. Yeah, we've better had um, been talking far too long. Can't talk forever. We've got to answer some questions, haven't we? Well, the first one. Oh, we've got. I'm going to lead it. Yeah, I got me. I'm, you know, I'm professional sometimes. <laughs> eh? um, we did get asked about. Uh, we've done the what we've been offered uh, to wrestle for. There was a question here that was saying about what is. What is the, one of the worst matches we've seen? So we don't feel comfortable answering that, but we'll tell you about some of the worst matches we've been in. Oh. Um, so <laughs> I will start. Um, my second ever match was the inaugural Crazy Cruiser 8, which was an eight-man scramble. Right, I'm going to try and remember everyone in this match because it's hard. Spud was definitely in there. Leggero was definitely in there, I think. Now I've said it, I'm now questioning it. Joey Hayes was in there. Uh, CJ Banks was in there, definitely because I wrestled him. Danny Hope was in there. Jack Hazard was in there. Was it Emil Statoshi? No, Emil was not in there. Um, Scotty Hex was in there. Whoa. So what's that? Seven, and then there was an eighth. Man, keep talking. I'm going to find that out. I'll find so eighth, man. we had this eight-man scramble, uh, and this was on the same show that uh, Robbie Brookside wrestled Johnny Kidd in a British rounds match, uh, which was the first time I'd ever seen traditional British wrestling uh, live in person. So I was 16. So go on, get me, give me the names. What what year was the inaugural one? It's 2006. Oh, it was it was just a match. It wasn't the tournament. Yeah, I'm looking at it and you were, baby, you weren't on the show. No, 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 there. it wasn't the show, because the show, yeah. Crazy Cruise Ray, the, yeah, so it wasn't the show. It, oh, was, right. a, it was a singular match on a on another show. Ah, right, oh, it was a qualifier, right? No, 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 it wasn't oh, even what? a qualifier. No. So Joey Hayes came up with the concept of it and the name of it, and he was like, let's have an eight-man scramble, and we can call it a Crazy ah, Cruise so Ray. No, it ah, wasn't a tournament, right. it was just a one-off match with, like, but yeah, Spud was definitely okay. in there, Danny Hope was definitely in there, CJ Banks was definitely in there, uh, and, and others. Um, and it was just, it's rough, man. It's, it's proper rough. Uh, and me and CJ Banks were 16 at the time. And we, like, basically got in to run a spot. 
Uh, and the end of the spot was meant to be me hitting a rocker dropper uh, on, on CJ Banks. And Jack Hazard, as I hook CJ Banks for the rocker dropper, just ran in. And like, as he's running at me, I'm like shaking my head going, not yet. Not yet. And he just pushed me off CJ. And then did this terrible spot. But it was, oh, it was so bad. Because we were all clueless at the time. But, you know, it turned out all right for Legaro and Spud. So. Yeah, they're all right. Yeah, they've What's done all right. What's Spud up to? I don't know. I'm retired, I think. Oh, yeah. Still a rock star. Oh, yeah, probably somewhere. Um, <laughs> so that was that. I think that's probably one of the worst matches I've ever been in. Um, yeah, that was bad. That one. But you know, it was my second ever match. That's pretty good for a second ever match. And you were in esteemed company there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I have found the uh, the match. Okay. You weren't lying. I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to impress people. I, mean, <laughs> I, I was in a match with Scotty Hex. <laughs> like, hey, who do you think you are? Like, okay, so. Yes. It was Scotty Hex. Yeah. Who won. He did win, yeah. He won against Sea Juice. Yes, CJ Banks. Delirium. I wonder who that is. Who's like, that Delirium yeah. kid? What, um, what he's doing. Danny Hope, Eligero, Jack Hazard, Spud, and Chris Travis. Yeah, I didn't know if Trav was in it or not. Yeah. yeah. We had a. Me and CJ uh, had a, had a actually pretty. I think that one of the first things in wrestling we were really happy with was um, we had a tag team feud with Chris Travis and Scotty Hex, who were the original Project Ego. Uh, and we were all right with that. Indias, Indias, fuck man. Like, all these. Terrible indie moves, yeah, but at man. the time, you know, Scotty Hex would go. Like at the time, he was he was, he was, going, he, like, was he was he was the Chris Canyon of yeah. of Brit Rest. Like he he was something that he'd come up with. Um, I still remember we wrestled them. During, I don't know if you were on that show. We did that show in Heighton, uh, and no. where someone's beard got set on fire in a, in a, in a cafe. <laughs> Um, and it was really rough. And after everyone finished their match, they got in a car and drove 15 minutes down the road because we were worried that our cars were going to get nicked. And like there was legitimately a, a point where we were worried about the heels would get stabbed because it was just this... Like, the, the venue had Barbara around the top and me, me, and, me and Juice wrestled Trav and Scotty on that. And it was about... We went about five minutes, but I remember Trav hitting um, the Mario stump on us, which is where he'd line us up, yeah. sort of sat down and then double stomp both of us in one motion <laughs> and I remember that was one of the first matches um, I was always the first one because that was always the easy one to take because <laughs> gravity <laughs> came in on the second one so but yeah we literally finished the match and like jumped in a car and left before we got um, assaulted in Heighton so there you go uh, there's some of the worst experiences I don't think I was there that night I'm glad I wasn't yeah, that was nice yeah. Um, okay I- I'll go for the same Line as you, I won't say the worst match I've ever seen, and this was the beginning Wigan excluded. Yes, by of the course. Way. So that, it's a classic. That probably is the worst match I've ever seen. Ooh. I was there live. I was there. Yeah, baby. you were there, baby. Um, so we go back to the year two thousand and six. Yep, and um, it was a show in Grimsby, which the Shining Light, Stevie Knight. There's a name, oh. name for everyone. Uh, I wrestled in Grimby once, but it was for Sykes. Oh yeah, won't go into that. Won't go into. Whose whose ring was a boxing ring? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was and it was, like, and I took no bumps. And if you wore like your white boots, all the mat had like bleed. Yeah, <laughs> I think he died here. Or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was an interesting show that I, I was in a, I was in a battle royal. And I didn't take a bump in the ring, but I took a super kick off the apron to the outside because it was safer. So. <laughs> it was a Stevie Knight show that he put on in aid of um, a local charity. 
he did a lot of charity shows. He was, he was great for stuff like that. Really a pillar of his local community. Mm. Um, and me, Dave Rain, Sam Bailey, and Jamie Flint drove down Oof. in a car. What a what a what a what a faction that is! If you don't remember Jamie Flint, he did like a teenage boy. <laughs> it was like, kind of, alright. It it was not. A million miles away from Big Joe. No, it wasn't. It wasn't a yeah. million miles away. But he was he was like 20, 20 something, and he, and he, was, said he was, was sixteen. He was, uh, I'm only fifteen yeah. oh, years 15, older, yeah, was, and he used to come out with his national record of achievement, yeah. and his single it was too big for him. And one of those like birth certificates that like Obafemi Martin's got. Yeah, like, said his wrong age. On. Excellent reference. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, so we were in the car, and the day started really badly because Jamie Flint was sick in the car, all down himself, and like. Big commotion, but anyway, we got there in the end, and the match was to be James Flint, <laughs> Cobra Carl Richards, yeah, yeah, uh, Chris Botherway and his partner, British Wrestling's own G Man, <laughs> the G Man, the G Man, <laughs> the bloody G Man. So yeah. before he was like this boffin behind the camera, he was um, a, a sports sports entertainer. He was, um, and he was against me, Sam Bailey, and Dave Rain. So in the match, uh, there was about ten people there, maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe maybe ten fifteen people. I think there was more, but that's just me being self-deprecating. Um, so we had this match, and I used to do this like variation of a regal plex. G-man Billy Big Bollocks was like, "Okay, I'm gonna take it. You're gonna hit me with it, and um, I'll, I'll be I'll be fine." So I did it, and I heard this like fucking. It's like someone shooting an elephant or something like that. I see, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, he's trying to scare the cats out of me, guy. Um, anyway, he was fucked. He was completely fucked. He rolled out of the ring, so which I thought it was a good idea to follow him out and just like jump on top of him. <laughs> like, I did like a bump on top of him. So he was really upset. He crawled to the back, and we finished the match. We got backstage. We all shook hands, oh, it was all right, that's fair enough, is everyone okay? Where's G-Man? And I'll never forget, we went outside this, this changing room, it was like a football club or something like that. Right. And it was a beautiful summer's evening. Beautiful. It was a big playing field outside, and at the bottom of the playing field, you know where the sky goes from like a bluish hue to like yeah. an orange? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really nice. The sky was perfect. Dusk. And on all fours on the grass... In like this, because I think it would rain the day before. In on in this big puddle of water on the grass, on all fours was G-Man just throwing up, and he was really, really throwing. He was heating all the water out of his body, and <laughs> somehow he, this lad in his electric wheelchair had managed to get onto the grass, and he was doing circles around G-Man, while a kid on the back of his wheelchair getting like a backy just pointed a lot. <laughs> And he was pointing and laughing. He's like Nelson Munster. <laughs> and G-Man's just heaving and heaving. This kid's just doing circles around him. We're all in raptures. And we're like, my God. So Sykes, I think he was doing the ring announcing, yeah. comes in and says, right, the Rumble, the Rumble, lads. And uh, we have to go back out. So we're all in the ring, just the Rumble in it. Like, we're all just, you know, punches and kicks. And G-Man's music hits and he just doesn't come out. <laughs> It doesn't come out. Oh, beautiful! And uh, like a couple of because I think it was like twenty people on the show, and everyone did yeah. uh, everyone did a turn in the rumble. And I'd say 
he would say if he was in about number six, yeah. I'd say about number twelve, someone was making their entrance. And as they were making their entrance, G Man just stormed past them. <laughs> Pushed them out of the way. He's got mud all over his pleather trousers because he's been kneeling in the grass and the mud. And he's, he's covered in sick. Like, basically, he's covered in sick. And he just storms to the ring, punches me like as hard as he could, like in the ribs and like the kidney. So I'm like, oh, I double over because it's legit. He fucking leathered me. And he puts my head between his legs and does just the most unsafe pile driver like, jumps about a metre in the air and does this pile driver could have broke my neck and then he just fucks off gets out of the ring and goes oh <laughs> so he gave me a pretty good receipt like it could have killed me magical I, yeah so he was uh... <laughs> and that's pretty much been your friendship ever since hasn't yeah, it yeah he did a show that year as well where we did a rumble I think me and G-Man had a pretty bad relationship in rumbles because we eliminated each other like a cactus clothesline and he was crawling along the floor like through the crowd and I gave him a stomp to the head but then the stomp like hit his head and then his head just ricocheted off the floor alright <laughs> Do you know what? Considering you, you know, the match you you had a shard and grab, some guys surprised they didn't end up in badly. Yeah. Um, right, okay. What we're going to do now is we are going to take a quick commercial break, and when we get back, we will continue answering all of your questions. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. All right, we are back. Uh, enjoy, enjoy that. Uh, last week, Pip just interrupted my very calm chat with Craig, screaming about Squarespace. So <laughs> I don't know what it is this week, but um, I'll listen to it back and I'll, I'll find out what it is. Right, uh, I've, got, I've got to ask this because it's, it's the boss man that asked us. Um, uh, Scroobius Pip asks, is Tyler Bate underrated? Hear me out. I know he's hugely rated, but I've often played... Uh, Often paid more attention to those he's in with, uh, but his five star with Pete, the five star tag with Undisputed Era, and the five star with Walter all screamed out uh, the unifying ingredient. With that, who else 
is was underrated in that way. So basically, who do you think is underrated? Pip thinks it's Tyler Bate. Man, um, like, I think Pip's got a point. I know, I, I see his Pip's point. Pip's got a point, right? I mean, Pip, consistently throughout the history of, of Choose a Night Jaw, I mean, he essentially made Jinder Mahal champion because he had, he went on this big thing that he loved Jinder uh, and, and then he ended up being champion. So he, he, he usually gets stuff right. He gets stuff wrong as well, but, you know. Don't hinder the Jinder, baby. We, and we, do, we absolutely do not on Choose a Night Jaw. <laughs> no, I think, yeah, he's right, Tyler. So who's, who's underrated anywhere in the world? Oh, man, who's underrated? Man, that's a tough one. I wish I'd have... See, it's, I, think yeah. it's, I think it's difficult because I think with the current climate of wrestling, even if someone is underrated, they are rated by someone. There is, yeah. they will all... As long as they're, you know, within a prominent company, I think most people will see. Um, I'm not going to go on a local or, like, Brit Rest level because I, I feel a bit uncomfortable doing that. Um, but I think Miyahara in All Japan is super underrated purely based on the fact that he is a phenomenal wrestler and is triple crown champion to my knowledge I'm not watching New Japan um, all Japan in a while sorry uh, so but he has been consistently great for nearly a year and a half and two years and I don't think enough people speak about how good he is yeah uh, the only one that comes up from my head and I wouldn't say he's underrated in like the normal sense of the word mm. like Cody I, do you know what? Cody, like, do you know what? I, I saw something today on Twitter about Cody being an phenomenal storyteller, and yeah. I understand what you're saying. Like a lot of people give Cody flack. Like his run towards the end of his like New Japan tenure was pretty. Like, I wouldn't say underwhelming, but people didn't really get behind it. And then obviously AEW is his company, it's his baby. Yeah, it's baby yeah. So it's easy to look at Cody and be like, oh, and he runs a company. Yeah, he can do that. But no, fuck me, Cody's amazing. It took a t- it took a while, but yeah. Yeah, All right, Cody's cool. Really good. Good choice. Right. So, because uh, we were both there, we watched the show together. Um, what was our highlights from Tetsuji in the final show? I mean, apart from the obvious, we, we absolutely adored Luke and Ethan's yeah, match. Um, my highlight was just, I think, I think pretty much the whole show for me because obviously it was the last one and we knew it was coming and it was yeah. it was weird to finally get there and do it, but I, I, I it. I spoke to Craig about it, um, and I spoke to Gaz about it, and, and for them that was the perfect send-off for them. But what was it? Is there anything that you really, really enjoyed? Well, or? I'd never been to a Tetsujin show. Like mm. the first one, I, I think I was struck down by mysterious illness, scurvy or something like that. Maybe probably. Uh, second one, I woke up to like I had a really exciting day planned. I was going to go to work, finish work, drive to the show, have a few beers. Yeah. You see me pals, and then I woke up in the morning, and some dosser had tried to steal my car. So the window was fucked, the alarm was fucked, it wouldn't drive. Like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I actually so, do remember it, yeah. Um, the show was off. Yeah. I just had to sit alone and weep until everyone got back to Manchester and I could still have a drink. But this one, oh, my God, yeah, it was great, wasn't it? It was. Really enjoyed it. Um, the venue was perfect. Like, yeah, it it yeah. would have been better if it was in Liverpool, of course, because that's... Yeah, it's sentimentally, big. yeah. But, man, it was great. Uh, my highlight, fuck, you know, man, Dave Starr. Naked was pretty boss. It was that all right, was wasn't it? Good. Yeah, that was a bit of all right. Tim Thatcher, just his body, his face, his, <laughs> his presence, like, of course, is a highlight for me. His black flag trunks. Oh, man, oh, that was great. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, no, David Starr, 
Ray Kidd was yeah. Yeah, fucking great. Belted. Yeah. Uh, talking of underrated, uh, does Steve Blackman get the respect he deserves? I don't know if that's like critically or as in as a force of nature that he is. Uh, man, you know, I I think he took what he had by the horns in terms of like hardcore stuff. Mm. Um, head cheese was a bit shit. Hey, nah, I like head cheese. Pre, what was his music called? Like Tango in the Night, Drums in the Night. Pre Tango in the Night, yeah, Steve yeah. Blackman, when he was just like badass. And mm. he had that little program with Owen Hart. That was really yeah, good. Yeah, they had the Lion, Second Lions Den's match. Yeah, yeah. I liked his stuff with uh, Shane McMahon and the hardcore stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think, I think, I think he, he, he might be a bit of a forgotten, a forgotten man. He started in Calgary, didn't he? I'm sure he started up there, and like I, I don't know if he was a Stuart boy, but I'm sure he started up in Calgary, and and, I, and I'm also correct me if I'm wrong. Answers on the postcard, but I'm pretty sure he just runs like a martial arts centre now. Somewhere. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. He what was a, a, what some, a geezer. Some uh, a wrestler died, and he was on the news, and he just oh, looks no. like the same. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the like, same, a, he's, like he's Dorian Gray. He's got yeah, the secret of uh, the Fountain of Youth. Yeah, we we rate Steve Blackman on this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you are remaking the original and best, apparently, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, but are only allowed to cast wrestlers as any of the roles. Who do you choose and why? So, how many Power Rangers was there? There was White. He was like a. Oh, no, we're get, yeah, we'll get rid of White. Yeah. Core. Yeah. Right. Well, wasn't the White also green? Yes, so it was, it, was, like it was black, blue, red, green, yellow, and pink? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if... I felt like Green came in later. They were both Tommy, weren't they? Yeah, we were both Tommy. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll go with... We'll, we'll go with... Um, black, blue, red, yellow, pink, and or green slash white. Okay, yeah. So, Tommy. Who's yeah, going to be our so, Tommy? Who, yeah, who's going to be our Tommy? Who's going to be our, our, our leader of the team? Right. Should we do Tommy first? Let's do Tommy first. Right, I don't... Oh, man. Who's going to be our Tommy? Shit. Um, ooh, are, we ooh, for, like, are we going for like English? I think we should do Brit Rest. Okay. Right. Yeah, let's do Brit Rest because it's it's, it's funnier. Okay, uh, who, who would lead you into a battle against against a a a, a mighty mech? It or would, it would be Zack Saber Junior. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, who's uh, yours? Let's have it. Yeah, pops, have it. pops his collar. Pops his collar. We're does, having it. Does some holds. Uh, I I'm gonna pick. I'm going to pick Eddie Dennis. I'm gonna, oh. Yeah, yeah, I'm picking Eddie Dennis. Also, bad guy, it's definitely Walter. Definitely oh. Walter. Before he like he changes, and then him and Imperium just all like combine together, <laughs> become the mech. Um, so he's our bad guy. Right. Uh, so uh, we've got Eddie and Saber, right? So white and green. Who's uh, going to be our black ranger? So the black ranger in the movie was a toad, wasn't that his animal? Wasn't it something like comical, like a toad, wasn't it? Like because they all had like, I they were either di- they were dinosaurs in the series, and then then they went and and did that weird journey and became different animals and like people yeah, like a falcon yeah, and whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right, I'm gonna go Black Ranger. Black one was guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, Black Ranger. Um, mm. Thinking of Toadish wrestlers. Toadish wrestler James Drake. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. The toad, yeah. The toad is James listen- Drake. Uh, who's who's the one that doesn't know how to properly morph? Uh, okay. Cool. So Blue Ranger was Billy, who was like the the tech guy, the nerdy one. Like 
Okay, right. Um. <laughs> so we've got our, we've got our, we've got our toad, we've got our leader. <laughs> um, so who's gonna be our who's gonna be our geek? Oh, who's gonna right. be our tech expert? Who's a geek? I'm gonna pick John Briley. <laughs> <laughs> I've only met John once, so I can't like. Yeah, yeah. I can't. Yeah. I can't uh, Look at him trying yeah. to politic his way into a bucket of progress. <laughs> Please, John. You're not a geek. <laughs> it's fine. Um, no, I honestly don't know how much of a geek he is. He could be a mega geek. He's a, he's a robot. If I meet him again, I'll ask him, John, okay. you geek, brother. <laughs> yeah, he's my Blue Ranger. So who's the, who's the tech guy? Oh, Come on. Man, who's the tech guy? Who's someone dead smart that you know? I mean, who's the smartest wrestler I know? You see, I mean, I know, I know who you should pick. Blue Ranger should be G Man, <laughs> Tech Tech Wizard G Man. Yeah, G-Man. true. You are right. I was thinking, I was thinking, I would have put Eddie Dennis as, as oh, because okay. he was a teacher. Yeah, I yeah. Know you're right, actually. Yeah, you know, all right. It's so, be so okay. So we've got reds, yellow, and pink left. Uh, so yellow and pink with the with, girls. with the ladies. Okay. Yes, um, both very charismatic. And very talented fighters. So we, we were looking for charismatic, talented fighters. So we're going pink and yellow first. Yeah, let's do pink right. and yellow first, and then we'll leave we'll leave red to the end. Uh, one of them's got to be Danny Luna. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I could see Danny as, yeah. as like a no nonsense yellow yeah, ranger. Just kick the fuck out of you. Yeah, I'm yeah, going yeah. with that. Who's yeah. going to be our pink? Uh, you know, actually, going back to the show, Sean and Grabs. Yes. Uh, man, Alaya James. Oh yeah. yeah! Oh yeah. yeah! That is a great shout. She'd be fucking rocking cartwheels everywhere. Backflip, yeah, moonsault, knee drop That's on good. a Walter's face. Bang! Yeah. Oh, to be different, I'm gonna go with Giselle Shaw for the same reason. Yeah, she'd be she'd be sick. She'd come in with like super move. I like that. That's yeah. good. All right, so Red Ranger's left. He's kind of like the hothead jock that kind of like <laughs> goes steaming in, and then like the Blue Ranger Briley's like, "What are you doing?" Uh, <laughs> all right, so who's our hothead jock? Oh, man, who's got a really hot head? This is a great question, by the way. Yeah, fuck, who's got the hottest head? Um, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna pick Paul Robinson. <laughs> Come on, then you. Yeah, he's not family friendly, but he'd be a good Red Ranger. Paul or um... <laughs> Declan O'Connor. No. That's a really, that's a really deep. That cut. A... That's a deep cut. So that probably a... have to go with Paul or maybe Riddy. Riddy. Riddy's a good shout. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Excellent question. Excellent answers. I would say. Uh, what will headline WrestleMania 40? I don't even know what WrestleMania we're bloody on. So what are we we're on? Like yeah, the... 36. I don't know, mate. Uh, I don't know. Fuck. Uh, should we just go something really wild? The reanimated corpse of Gorilla Monsoon <laughs> <laughs> against I don't know. Fucking. The reanimated corpse of Tupac. I don't know. It's Dominic Mysterio. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That it. That's not a bad shout, actually. All right, no, no. I'm gonna go with Dominic Mysterio versus Cain Velasquez. Fuck, man. Which sounds insane, but keep in mind what's happened recently. That's my choice. That might be in a few weeks. Yeah. Blow the main event four years early. <laughs> yeah, shit. They're gonna need to. Cain Velasquez versus Rey Mysterio's son. Yeah. Main event of WrestleMania 36. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. That's not yeah, saying. That's it. Yeah. Uh, you can choose five wrestlers from the current main roster of WWE to go into the Hall of Fame. Who would they be and why? Ooh, that's hard. Um, uh, I'm going to go Roman Reigns because obviously um, I'm going to go with Becky Lynch because she is an absolute badass. I'm going to go with Charlotte Flair for exactly the same reason. Uh, this is all just straight off the top of my head because I don't want to overthink it. 
I'm going to put the Revival in as my tag team. Uh, no, actually, scrap that. Mm, no, no. Yep, Revival as my tag team. And then I'm going to pick a celebrity entry uh, who is going to be Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you didn't say the celebrity that I was going to say. Okay. I'm going to say it now. Okay. So, who's going in? Uh, Mysterio's going in. Right, Mysterio, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Orton's going in. Fair. He's going in anyway. Is Triple H still an active member? Oh, he's already still he's already in. Yeah, uh, yeah, DX, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. he'll probably get like his own yeah. induction yeah. down the line, but we'll, we'll skip him. Yeah. Um, Oh shit! Is he still the active roster? Kane. Uh, yeah, well, he comes in, doesn't he? Yeah, he's Kane. been he's busy being a mayor, but yeah, Mayor Kane. Um, f- um, probably yeah, Charlotte Flair. Yeah, I'd say definitely she's gonna go in, or maybe um, fuck, Mickey James still the roster. Mm, I'm not seeing her in a while, but she wasn't so she wasn't on Survivor Series or anything this week. But. Okay, well there's four. And okay, who's your celebrity? My celebrity. Kid Rock's sidekick, Josie. Oh, great uh, shout. What, what a lad. Yeah. What a lad. I like that. That's actually, he's not in already. He might be in already. I think Kid Rock's in, isn't he? Uh, yeah, mate. Oh, yeah, weird. Josie's dead anyway. So. Yeah, no, that's what I was saying. That's why I don't know if he was in or not. Um, random. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, we need more random celebrities. We don't. Absolutely don't. Talking of random celebrities, another question from the boss man. Uh, who's the best MJ of all time? Is it Michael Jackson, Montel Jordan, Michael Jordan, Mick Jagger, Mick Jones, or previously mentioned Mickey James? Also, are these the most, powerful, most powerful initials in history? So is it Michael Jackson, Montel Jordan, Michael Jordan, Mick Jagger, Mick Jones, or Mickey James? James, I'm going to go first. It is the incredibly tall, not one hit wonder, but two hits wonder, Montel Jordan, because that's how we do it. Wrong, wrong brother. And I did ask, actually, Pip to text me, and he's not texting me. So if you listen to this, boss... Which you will be. You're banished from the hotline. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but it is Mick Jagger, in it? Uh, yeah, Jagger. of course, it's going to be Mick Jagger Mick for Jagger. you. Um, uh, talking of which, who's your top underrated UK mu- musician? Oh man, I was thinking about this in the bath, and you will attest all my thinking goes on in the bath. He does. Uh, he loves the bath. So, UK musician, I was thinking underrated or underappreciated. Are those like the same thing? Yeah, pretty much. Well, I'm going to say Vince Clark. And if you don't know who Vince Clark is, put him in your Google. On your Spotify or Apple Spotify. Music or wherever you get your music. He's responsible for hits such as Just Can't Get Enough when he was in Depeche Mode. Oh, okay. You All right. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Only You by Your Zoo. He was in Your Zoo. Oh, uh, right, yeah. He was in Eurasia. Yeah. So he had sometimes a lot of respect, all this absolute yeah. wizard of a musician in so many bands, so many hits. Do you know who Joe Mai are? Go on. Glenn Oddle and Chris Waddle. Oh, fuck. That's yeah. a re- there's a reference Shit. to Diamond Lights yeah, and Chris Egan's fuck. old entrance yeah. music. Uh, talking of old entrance music in the old days, of all the Northwest Masked Wrestler gimmicks, who's your favourite? Who was the most memorable? As, I think it's and who was the most memorable as the worst. My favourite is obviously Ligero because yeah, he yeah, is yeah. prominent. Ligero or Furious Allen? Furious Allen! Yeah. Oh, back from Mackle, Macclesfield, <laughs> Macklemania, uh, where we used to 
uh, set up a ring in a, in a country fair and, <laughs> and, and, and and wrestle between downpours uh, <laughs> and, and, and then ride the ghost train in our gear uh, and get photographs outside casinos with Don Travis uh, and, and several other things. But, uh, I, I, I once enziguried voodoo so hard, I thought brain fluid was going to come out of his nose. Um, that was my memory of that. Who's So who's who was the most memorable for, for the worst? So who was the shock master? Did one of Kev and Krev wear a mask? Yes, it was in fact Krev that like wore a, the mask. Is it like a... It was, Sainsbury bag on his head. It was a, like a blue mask, if I remember, because I obviously wrestled them. But yes, I th- think it was a mask that he turned inside out. Krev, it yeah, was yeah, Krev, yeah. who uh, was in a in a four way tables elimination match with myself uh, <laughs> and Dom, Dom Travis and Chris Travis were also in that match. Uh, who got double underhook pile drivered off the apron by Chris Travis through a table and in storyline terms was dead. So uh, you know, like you know, like Poochie uh, died on the way back to his um, his home planet. Uh, yeah, Krev's a great shout because. Another shout for a great one, actually, with Leguero, like us. Is he Northwest? Do we do we claim him? Because well, I know, well we know, like, his from name? his wolf cave in the Northwest. What's his name? Mondai. Yeah, Mondai, is that like Ghanaian or something? Like, no, it's like, it's a reference to Japanese wrestling. South African. No, <laughs> it's a reference to Japanese <laughs> like, wrestling. Well, he's from. No, I don't know if we can claim Lycos. I would. I would love to claim him. He's, he's an, he was an excellent max masked wrestler. And he's an excellent mask ring announcer. Masked now. personality. Yeah. All right, all right, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it to you, the internet. Can we claim Lycos? So I don't know. there was Kevin Krev, there was well, Furious Allen. Furious Allen. He has worn a mask. That's pretty, the Gambian Invader. The Gambian Invader. Oh, God. So many Northwest masked personalities. There was. There was. Did you ever wear a mask? Uh, any, any shows? I don't think I ever did it. I think I did on a holiday camp. Right. Um, which was just... I was, I was wrestling... Um, a man by the name of Texas Joe. Oh, baby! Um, oh, yeah. baby! I don't know if you've heard about him, but he's, he's, he was tag partners with Ric Flair, apparently. Yeah. But I was wearing this mask and I couldn't see anything, and he was just he was chucking me around. <laughs> I was like, "Stop, please! I want to get off." I've got a really, really just, just just to pop you, X. Oh, the, man. the the man, the X. myth, the legend. X gone, give it to you. That was his entrance music. X. Right, let's move on because we'll we get caught on that. Uh, what football managers would make the best wrestling managers, and then who would you have them manage? Ooh. You know, this is the opportunity to do the yeah. impression. Which which one's that? You know the impression. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Prominent former England yeah. and Fulham manager. I think one of many Sano tonight, and he played really well at front with Wilf Zahar and Crystal Palace. No, I'm still stuck. I'm going to go. Really terrible, sorry. I am going to actually have Roy Hodgson managing Unsexy Kev. Which yeah. was, was a gimmick that was done in Morecambe, where Kev, uh, sexy Kev, lost his mojo and became a train spotter, uh, and and they, they seemed like they would hang out together and be boring. I'd probably have um, <laughs> Phil Brown to be a great manager for someone. <laughs> I had a really good mouthpiece. Um, maybe for sexy Kev, the actual yeah. sexy Kev. I don't know. I just thought in my head then that like someone like Crater, yeah, look really good with Ian Dowie next to him. <laughs> Which would be pretty good. That'd be really good. Like Ian Dowie marching him out to the ring. <laughs> just, just, just say that sentence again for me. Crater managed by Ian Dowie. John, uh, who does the <laughs> the edit for the quote of the podcast this week. 
that's your quote, mate. I'll, 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 I'll DM you it later. But yeah. uh, Ian Dowie, managing creator. Uh, excellent shout. I would have, uh, I'd have Neil Warnock. Uh, I don't know why I said his name like that, but uh, managing... Oh, he really be good with. Or oh, I'd have him manage Eddie Ryan, who's a massive Plymouth Argyle fan, and was actually wearing a shirt the other day at a chaos show of of one Argyle got promoted because I used to watch Argyle as a kid, and Neil Warnock was manager, um, and I'd have Eddie Ryan turn on him for leaving the club uh, when we got to the 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 then second division um, of of the English football league. So there you go, weird random reference. Um, I'm coming to. That one last. Uh, what's your favourite flavour of McCoy's crisps? Ah, oh, steak in it. Come on, we can't have anything other than steak. Yeah, I don't know. I, quite, I, quite, I just I just like the texture of a McCoy's crisp. It's it's solid, isn't it? It's thick. Robust. Girthful. It's yeah. a girthful, robust <laughs> crisp. Uh, yeah, steak's good. I, I don't know if I can enjoy them now because of being a vegetarian, so I'm probably going to say salt and vinegar. Salt and vinegar is pretty good. Yeah. Salt and vinegar is a good flavour. You just can't go wrong with anything. it. Um, seeing as uh, maybe a bit of a carry-on from our, our round table last time we were here, uh, how would you beat the fiend? Oh, God, I'd probably like put clothes pegs on his face and pull his mask off and pull his hair out, stamp on his head. Uh, no, I don't know. I think he's a... The supernatural powers that he holds mm. would be no match for anything I could bring to him. Um, I would lean I'd, in. I'd politic my way to beat him. I'd like. lean in really close and whisper in his ear <laughs> that his dad prefers Bo Dallas. <laughs> and then that's it. He would be destroyed and heartbroken, and I would just cover him. <laughs> lean over and whisper in his ear. We gave you a game today. It took a wonder goal to win it. I don't believe in stats and figures. <laughs> I've seen that Wayne Rooney goal too many times. <laughs> Excellent follow-on from the football manager thing. Yeah. All right, okay. Uh, this is going to be the final question. Uh, who are your biggest influences? Oh, man. I've been dying to answer this question. I know you man, have. Man, it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> if you do say so yourself. No, like, it's, it's really fun. Because, like, this is a, a bit of a meat and drink question for me. So, I've always said the wrestling as a form of entertainment should fall into that same category entertainment mm-hmm. is a continuum like you can see it everywhere books films tv radio music it's always around you and for that reason like you should never exempt those things correct from studying and i've always said as well to young wrestlers like probably the only decent bit of advice i've ever given anyone study your influences don't copy them Mm-hmm. Like and it's it's always a shame when you have to have that talk with like a, a trainee that comes in and he's built like Michael Essien like <laughs> double doors and yeah. his his favorite wrestlers Kurt Angle or Chris Benoit and he wants to do like head nips and all this mm-hmm. it's like no like just work like, to your strengths yeah there's more you can find from those wrestlers mm-hmm. than fancy fucking wrestler reversals right and you can find more like bits of stuff that you can take on board um, but influences like as an as form of entertainment like so much stuff I've picked up on like The Simpsons man it's not yeah. like The Simpsons and you know comedy people like like Regal with the first like say study comedians for like yes. timing and like just those moments where they'll you know they'll pick at a certain point of the show to like hit something like a joke or a, a tale and it's mm-hmm. um, but I was watching Years ago, I was watching um, a documentary about Bob Monkhouse, of all okay. people. 
and when he knew he was dying <clears throat> he did um, this like private well it wasn't really private you buy tickets but it was mm. like a stand-up show because as well as being a game show host he was, he was a, he was a good stand-up a, f- a fucking exemplary like stand-up comedian mm. And he had all these people in the crowd that go on to be like really famous, like comedians like David Williams, Matt Lucas, mm. Reese Shea Smith, uh, that fella that does impressions. What's his name? Angus McGowan. No, the other one. <laughs> I don't know. John Culshaw. Okay. He was there, and Bob Monkhouse said that when he worked with, um, I think it was Morecambe and Wise. Okay. Morecambe and Wise would create this like world they create like a little own world and it wasn't like a bubble that they just live in they'd invite people to join them in this yeah. bubble but it wasn't like they'd never leave it to drag you in if you know what i mean so if you didn't come into their bubble and enter their world and see how they did things they wouldn't force you it's like well you're missing out you know what i mean yeah. we're just gonna do our thing and then eventually their goal was to get this bubble so full the people on the outside would be like, well, we've got to fucking get in. Yep. And that's what I've like brought into wrestling. Yeah. And why I've, I've, like, since I came back, I think it was like 2018, like mm. the first year was like, just get used to it. This yep. year it was like, get the bubble. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, make that bubble grow and like, hopefully people will jump in. And like, there was a... A match I had in like March against the veterans, and like afterwards, like a few people were like, you know, I didn't really see the the appeal in Chris Egan, but now mm-hmm. I, I I get it, and it's like right, they're the bubble. Like, that's it. Welcome in, like come on in. That's an excellent answer, mate. Yeah, genuinely so, an excellent answer. Like just things like that, they always stick with you. So you yeah. can find influences anywhere, but I don't I know wrestling. No, no, don't, don't, don't give me a right. I don't even want to yeah. hear you rest of the month. That's perfect. Right, nice one, buddy. Uh, let's wrap this up. So where can people find you? What What's going on, Chris? Tell right. us what's going on. Okay, so I'm on Twitter. Yeah, you are. I think I've said this many a time. It's E underscore yeah. is yeah. underscore four. Not the number four, F-O-R. Yeah. Um, lots of things coming up. You find me on Sunday. Yes. At Future Shop Tapped. Me and Danny Hope. Will be in action. It'll be a match you do not want to miss. Please don't miss it. Get your there tickets. You go. Coming soon. All right. Is the year 2020. It is. Which is going to be a very special year. Chris 2020, baby. It's okay. coming. Please keep an eye on the Twitter. You've got a big button at the top that says following. Click it. Yeah. It'll turn a light blue. Um, and You're following me now. That's where you want to be. You want to you be stepping into your bubble. You want to be stepping in the bubble. You want to be in it to win it. Chris 2020. Yeah. Okay. There's going to be big things. And now I've announced it, I'll have to... You'll have to stick to it now. I'll right? have to stick to it. Cow Billy. Give me a week. What's, <laughs> it's, it's open. It's out there. What's the hotline number for people? The hotline number is... Number is 07936. You got those? Write the rest down. It's 267846. I've been keeping the hotline shut until we did this podcast. But now it's going to be open again. So floodgates are open. Yeah, the floodgates are open. Step into the bubble, baby. Right, okay, well, there you go. Thank you very much, Chris, for, for coming on and, and sharing your story slash stories. It's been a pleasure. Uh, I think there's there's going to be a lot to take away from this episode. Uh, if you ever want Chris to come back on, uh, let me know. I know you do. Uh, there is definitely a group of you, and we'll see what happens. Coming up in the future, I am still going to do my Johnny Saint project, where in the same ilk of Brian versus Goliath, the, the Rey Mysterio Kurt Angle feud, and the John Moxley 
uh, William Regal for you. So that will be coming up. Hopefully, it's going to be next time you hear Tuesday Night Draw. Um, and hopefully, I'm going to get some guests on as well in the future. But keep your eyes peeled. Uh, I'm still making a decision about what I'm going to do for the Hall of Fame this year because I potentially might change it because at the minute, the format's really complicated. Cheers, Jim. Uh, in the meantime, take care of yourselves and we'll see you next week on Tuesday Night Jaw. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.